Hello ladies and gentlemen, I'm Astro from Down to Earth Astronomy and you're listening to Loose Screws Podcast. Hey guys, how was that for an impression? <laughs> it's May 8th, 2020. I'm JN audio mixationist and spaceship flyifier, doing your intro tonight and now. Broadcasting from nothing but the rain, the Corvette that wins the bet, commander of the Loose Screws Network faction of Ross 310, it's Tierville! <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were right. That was pretty good, man. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's, it's funny. I've never once been introduced, like my entire life. Well, eighth grade, but that's a different story. But anyway. Well, now, now I feel like it was even more special. I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> Yeah. I see. Um, now I've I've set myself up really high bar though. I, you know, now what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> well, um so as as he said, this is loose screws and um we are late. Um uh, I got hung up at work last night. Uh sorry. Shit happens. It's it's <laughs> been kind of a rough uh week at work, is all I can say. Um Yeah. For sure, for for most of us. <laughs> yeah, so um, Kaizen is not going to be a regular host on Loose Screws anymore. He has moved on to focus on Elite Week. Uh, most of you probably already saw the new Elite Week Discord server. Um, we wish him the best, and and. Anyone who hasn't subscribed to the Elite Week YouTube, man, get off your butt and go do that because he's, he's doing good stuff over there. Um, we think you're going to end up with more content because of this, not less. So that's good for everybody. Kai's still around. He's still part of the family. So we'll see him. Uh, we'll all see him doing, uh, we'll, doing Discord stuff and we'll see him in game and, um, you know, we could never replace him, um, but you will probably be hearing some new voices on the show soon, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, some evolution. Yeah, yeah. So what's been going on in your life, tracks? Uh, well, I haven't been on the show in at least three episodes. I think three whole episodes I missed, so... Um, because the one time I was going to be able to be here, I had some crazy work thing and ended up being up till 2 a.m. Actually, what I was working on <laughs> was the next thing we were going to talk about, uh, which I, I shared in the video channel earlier today, and Ty was kind enough to enter it into our show notes. But uh, one thing, you know, work's been sort of crazy, which is sort of weird to say because some people I know are, are out of work, uh, or having severely limited and stuff like that, considering all, all the, the uh, quarantine stuff. But for me, I have felt more busy, probably not actual hours at work, but just because I we spend so much time, I'm having to like care for our daughter during the day and means sometimes I have to work into the night to make up for it. And But there are cool projects going on. One cool thing that came out of being shut down and kind of quarantined. Uh, my wife sings with a local choir here that is a, a lot of, it's called uh, Young Professionals, um, 
the PCC, Young Professionals Choral Collective. <laughs> I got it. And it's it's people like I think twenty five to forty five or something like that. Um, just people who like to sing and get together and, and sort of can't be part of like a professional choir, but they have other jobs, but this is like a kind of a hobby that they do. Um, and there's a lot of dedicated people in it. Um, and they do a, a really cool, uh, like a gala every spring. They do a few other things around the year, but the springtime is their really big one. And the whole thing just got totally shut down. I mean, you can't, you can't be in a choir right now. You're basically just packing everyone shoulder to shoulder and then aerosoling your, your breath liquids all over everyone around you. It's the worst possible situation <laughs> right now. So, um, so what are you going to do? So they, they did something and a, a few other things. I've seen something really cool out of Juilliard. Um, some other kind of, um, musical things have, have found a way to, to make it work. Um, and this, this one, they actually had a piece composed, um, by an alumni of the group and they all recorded themselves performing it, right? They all practiced and they recorded themselves like on their phone or whatever in their own house and put it all together. And I got involved in the um, audio mixing for it uh, because they very much, I knew they were going to very much need that. And I don't know if there was anyone who could do it. And and I kind of said, hey, this is actually my job. Can I help mm -hmm. you? Um, and they were like, oh, yes, that's cool. Uh, so... Um, uh, it, it was a massive project. There's over 80 singers. And, you know, it, it's it, combining all that is sort of a complicated mix in a good situation. And this is a situation that was a little bit mitigated, right? Because everyone's kind of on weird, different microphones. Mm -hmm. um, some people had more trouble than others hearing what was going on and um, th things like that. The singers all did such a great job. And there's a video that you can see. It is linked to in our Discord in the video media channel where where it, where it seemed appropriate. Um, and yeah, so this song, everything in there is recorded on everyone's phone. And then um, I did the mixing kind of along with reading through the sheet music and following everything so I could enhance the dynamics that the singers put down. And um, even if this isn't your kind of music, you know, like a choral music, um, it's still pretty cool to see what a community can do uh, when they get together and and if you want, you can try to guess which of those tiny little pictures is my wife. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought about what I was watching. I got my bets. We'll talk later. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but so that's uh, that's been most of my my time, and it's done now, and I feel great. <laughs> I mean, like, like let me say, man, like there's about a, there's a point about I guess it's about three three and a half minutes in somewhere around there where like like the 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 tempo changes and, and everybody kind of kicks in. It gets really and, rhythmic. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. this is not my style of music, you know, like like it's not country or death metal. So um <laughs> <laughs> already already writing the loose screws theme song version two. Go on. Loose screws. Loose screws, my truck's broken. <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> I don't really have a truck. I'm like the only Texan who don't have one. But anyway. What is you? What is your problem? Gas mileage. That's the problem. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um. Anyway, so like the man, I have heard your work, and you do ridiculously good work. But uh -huh. I think, and I don't know, 
I don't know if you legally can, but I think that you should probably stick this on your website somewhere because. Oh, I super could. Yeah. The <laughs> quality of work you did on this, man, honestly, is head and shoulders above. I mean, it's it's amazing. You got to think about it. Like if you watch the video, you notice some people actually have like some actually good mics and some people uh, like you could tell they were doing it on their phone or they were doing it mm-hmm. uh, like with a laptop or something. Yeah, a lot of them were were iPhones with the headset mic that comes with the iPhone. Because, I mean, if that was your only device you had to record, um, frankly, the iPhone's microphone is better than the one that's built into the headphones. Mm-hmm. But you have to plug the headphones in because you have to hear the guide mm-hmm. track, right? And they were watching the conductor in a video when they performed. And oh, listening wow. to the guide track. So that's how they did it. Yeah, the, the, we, we sort of like mixed the guide track to a video of the conductor conducting the song. And that's what they performed to. So, yeah, it's like sort of a there's technical hurdles um, and then and then piecing it all together kind of on the other side. So, yeah, it's it's super cool. Like and I, I know it may not be for everybody because it's not death metal, <laughs> but definitely check it out because <laughs> uh, it is, it yeah. is so freaking cool, man. Um, like well, I. I, I I listened to it twice, and um, I'm going to show it to uh, my girlfriend, Nicole, here in a little bit. And um, we'll go from there because um, she'll be all over that. She loves that kind of stuff. So. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah well, um, everybody check it out. And, uh, yeah, we're just it, – it's it's a little bit of a song kind of about this whole thing too. Um, yeah. It's, it's you know, about bringing, bringing light. It's, it's sappy. It's, this is sappy stuff for you death metalers, but – bringing light back into the room that you're quarantined in <laughs> a little bit. So. It, it, also from like, from the video perspective, like, I don't know who did the video, but like, like, uh, there's like a part, like all the way through it, like it looks like the sun's slowly rising. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know if they arranged the, the little videos in basically how they would stand at, in when they were actually in the choir, you know, like, do they have oh, all the bases in one area? Do they have all the sopranos in another area? I'm curious no, about that. Well, I know, I, I can tell you right away, like I know all of the men were pretty spread out through the video. Mm-hmm. Um, I I bet, well, I have no idea how they chose it. I, it seems It seems like they're pretty spread out. Um, they're kind of all over the place. Um, I did hear from, there was like a release party thing that happened on Google Hangouts and uh, everybody, there was, you know, a couple hundred people in there and everyone was sort of like, people were able to ask questions and um, I showed them my Pro Tools session and so it was like, this is what it looks like when you guys sing. And uh, <laughs> this is what it looks like when there's over 80 tracks in a, in a Pro Tools session. So, uh, but somebody mentioned that if you look carefully on their video, the sun actually comes out from behind a cloud and like strongly illuminates the room right at the moment where they get to one of those big crescendos and the sun, you know, uh, which is uh, kind of, kind of one of those cool little things. And it's, it's, this is, this is choral stuff. I mean, this is the kind of sentimental stuff that that's all going on. Um, and that's, that's the kind of frame of mind to be in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat. I love I love death metal too. So whatever. It's <laughs> it's a we take all comers. <laughs> My daughter likes anything with a strong beat. Uh, right. So, <laughs> so Music. we we are definitely looking for loose screws. Uh, death metal tracks is what we're looking for now. So okay, uh, <laughs> Roger that. <laughs> so yeah. um, 
We kind of got a little bit of a big news announcement. Oh, um, so I have been a little bit out of game role. For let me get going to that real quick. I've been out of game yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, I didn't return the favor and ask you about you, what's going on in your IRL. Yeah, I got, I got just <laughs> not a whole lot. But anyway, yeah. um, I have my first, uh, and I have my first old man injury. I have a, uh, I'm blanking, uh, an Achilles bursitis. I'm probably saying it wrong, but sounds uh, right to me. It's it's making my my Achilles tendon very sore, and I did it while carrying monitors up stairs. I carried about fifty monitors up four flights of stairs because the building that we were moving into doesn't have an elevator. And Ugh. typically, I take the stairs for like from an exercise point of view. And but if I'm carrying equipment, I don't because you know. I don't want to drop hundreds or thousands of dollars worth of equipment down some stairs, yeah. you know. So, but um, there was no option this time, and I was able to properly strain my Achilles tendon, and now it's swollen, and I'm super whiny about it. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't have known. Uh, don't seem that whiny to me, but yeah. The other thing I've been doing, and I hate to even bring this up, but I will, is that I've been playing a little bit. So I, I used to compete in Unroll tournament tournaments, and um, some of my old clan members have started playing Call of Duty Warzone. They're like, "Hey, why don't we hang out again?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll look y'all up." And this is the free to play one. Yeah, yeah, right, right. It's uh, it is it's super fun. It, I think I think I'm only really having fun with it because I haven't. Uh, really play with some of these folks in a while, so it's it's kind of cool to see where they've been and talk to them and stuff. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, how's your how's your mouse hand after all that elite? Uh, let me tell you, um, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I say it's bad, but like I'm 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 hang- I mean we we've won we've won some rounds, and I've I, I had a uh, an 18 kill night, which was just ridiculous. Um, it, it like Oop. it was just unheard of. Like I wish the hell I'd taken a screenshot of the scoreboard, but I was like just blown away afterwards. So, um, and then I've had some nights where um, I've died, went to the gulag, died. They paid four hundred dollars to get me back in. Died forty five hundred dollars to pay me back in, and then we we would I'm not great. So <laughs> <laughs> wow, well that sounds more complicated than what I remember Call of Duty being back in the day. Yeah, it's it's very different, but um, having a lot of fun with it. But um, I'm actually looking forward to get back in game. I've I've been the reason why it's easy. It sounds dumb, but the reason why it's easier for me to play with uh, Call of Duty right now is because uh, you know when I use my my Hotus, I got to sit up a little further versus just using the mouse and keyboard and kind of leaning mm. back. So when I need to ice my my Achilles or something, it's easier for me to lean back and do it that way. Then yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the deal. So it's just laziness and injury and all the other things. So <laughs> okay, anyway. all right. Well, you know, injuries injury is not the same as laziness. Mm. But <laughs> I probably I probably could tough it out a little bit more. But anyway, yeah. So let's get to the news. So uh, Frontier announced uh, the. Fleet Carrier Beta 2. Uh, it's going to run yep. from 
uh, May 11th to May 26th. Uh, and this one here All is listeners actually, of the show are shocked, I'm sure. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one here is actually going to take place on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. So everybody yeah. will be able to do it. It's going to get specific, real. <laughs> yeah. There are specific instructions that you will have to do if you are um, playing on PlayStation or Xbox. You have to go to this. You have to go get a fleet carrier beta key and do the things. Um, you have to log in your PlayStation Network, and then there's some steps to generate. I haven't done this because I actually don't own the PlayStation. I actually don't own the PlayStation version. Um, my advice to you would be to check out the links. Um, on their forums for it because if I try to walk you through this, I will screw ind- inevitably screw something <laughs> up. So yeah, let's not let's not become responsible for guiding people through the beta process. <laughs> oh Lord, I I guarantee I'll screw it up. So anyway, just, um, just talk talk to talk to Stephen Benedetti about it if you have problems. <laughs> oh no, wait, edit this out, Justin. <laughs> um. Anyway, so um. Please get in the beta and, uh, you know, be responsible about reporting bugs and issues and stuff. But yeah, they have a lot of they have a lot of procedures they want you to follow about that, too. Um, And, you know, they're obviously listening. Right. And and we're going to get to more of that in a second, like I know. But, um, you know, it really does matter. I I urge people. Um, test things and, and tell them things. They they want to know. They want to know for sure, as we have right. said so many times. So, so many times. for the second beta, they they're doing a few things that are a little bit different. Uh, number one, they're going to uh, keep with the lower prices of things and the lower upkeep that was rolled out in the second phase or the second beta of the first phase. Um, and this one here, they're adding a universal card of graphics as an optional service. Mm-hmm. Um, and Good they're also, like. yes, I'll be honest with you, that was a big deal for me because not having that, mm-hmm. man, I'm not saying I wouldn't have had a fleet carrier, but it lowered my value of a fleet carrier by about a third. So, oh, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, everyone, uh, everyone in agreement there, yeah. Um, De- so decommissioning a fleet carrier will now refund. I'm going to read this exactly like they said it. Decommissioning yep. a fleet carrier will now refund the full cost of a carrier with the only reductions either being unpaid debt when the automated or a static fee for voluntary decommissioning. So they're still going to automatically decommission your fleet carrier after, what was it, 10 weeks, I think, Um and that weeks. itself, if it happens automatically, it incurs a fee. Is that what they're saying? That's that's my reading. Well, of it. well, okay. So you're still going to have to pay the the upkeep, um, but but the way they were doing it before, you wouldn't get your money back. But now right. you're going to get the full cost of the five billion. You're going to get that back, with the exception if you have any, like if your account went into debt because of uh, because of upkeep, yeah. they're going to take that out. So and if the decommissioning the happens on your own choice and you don't have any debt, you get all your costs back. Yep. If it happens because you had to walk away from the game and never logged in again, or you had to slash happened to, then you will have incurred many weeks of debt first, and that will be subtracted from the $5 billion. But I mean, I imagine that's going to be pretty small pennies compared to $5 billion anyway. 
Yeah. And I would also assume that the, because the, they say full cost of a carrier, I would also assume that they're going to, that the uh, services that you uh, purchase, I assume they're going to give you refund for those as well, but they don't, I don't think they specifically say so. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there like a, isn't there like a sellback rate? Or something yeah. to services. Do I remember that? So it's possible that the services themselves don't necessarily pay back full cost when you sell them back. Right. Um, yeah. I, I think I it's like ninety percent. Ninety percent of the original. Oh, it yeah. was time based, wasn't it? Or no? Wait, the fleet carrier itself was time based, yeah. right? Like you get ninety percent after one day or something, and then progressively degrades after that. Anyway, that's all wiped away. We yeah. seem to be going with this plan now. And we kind of know from things that have been said in various interviews and stuff like that, like as game developers, they they need to have somewhere to walk up to. They can't like give us too much and take away because the feeling of loss is so much greater than you know the feeling of of g- gaining something slightly, even if it is where it needed to be to begin with. You know what? Yeah. You, you follow. You following, right? So yeah, I'm with you. It's, it, yeah. I I it, think it's I think it's pretty clear from everything that they've said that all of the high super high costs in the beginning was in service of trying to figure out what that proper price would be. They knew full well it was needing to be a lot lower than that, and they were kind of taking that um, emotional hit. <laughs> for the sake of actually walking us up to what the pr- real price should have been rather than setting it too low to begin with and having to walk it back would have been possibly catastrophic for all mm-hmm. of our precious emotions and feelings. Well, you know, in from from FDev's point of view, um, you know, these fleet carriers are persistent across, um, you know, all the platforms. And, and game modes. Yeah. So it's a situation where uh, you know, you can't have 500 fleet carriers orbiting around the same system indefinitely because it's just going to cause problems. It's going to yeah. cause, you know, server issues and, and lag and all the other things that it causes. So, um, you know, from their uh, functionality point of view, they have to have something that, well, if you're not going to touch your fleet carrier for X amount of days, you're going to lose it. And eventually they're going to be like, well, you can lose all the money of it. And I feel like they struck a pretty good middle ground with everything here where they're going to give you the money back. Um, all you could do is pay the upkeep in debt. That way you're, you know, you're, you're covered. And yeah. I, I, I think they're doing good with this. Um, this was really the last outstanding thing that was irritating to me. Well, that was, I, I, that was a big issue for me. The rest of the things I feel like are just small uh, issues are just small irritations. Um, little adjustments, you know, for yeah. further adjustments. Yeah. So the other something else they're doing is um, module and ship storage will now always be available for the fleet carrier owner. So in other words, mm-hmm. if you buy a fleet carrier, you can put your fleet in it, and you don't have to go buy a shipyard to put your fleet in it. Right. <laughs> However, yeah. that's a big one. Yeah, that it seemed really weird. It's sort of, it, it just seemed weird, um, but I like I, I like that they did that. Uh, shipyard and outfitting services will still need to be purchased to enable visitors to use them and to buy stock for, for the owner. But the fleet carrier own, owner, so like if, if you don't really want to interact with people and you just want your own fleet carrier, you don't necess- you can put your ships on it and you don't have to worry about paying for um, 
Right. For right, right, right. It's, I mean, technically, that that says to me like I can pay five billion, and if all I wanted was a ship that my fleet could land on, if I don't need any of those other services, for me personally, my personal fleet carrier, it exists. It it is that I don't have to add anything onto it, uh, right. and then everything else really is is gravy. Um, y- you are missing out on having your squad mates and other people store their ships on it. But by the time you're having other people be involved with you, I think it should be a lot easier to maintain upkeep. They can be helping you with that, you know, by donating fuel to the ship and other things of value that that could help you with those costs if they needed to. Um, so I think, like, that's that's something that I didn't really think about is having it just be available to the owner um, I was sort of thinking about it would going the other way, where the commodity market and the shipyard would sort of switch places as which one was standard. But um, this seems ser- like a serviceable solution to me. Yeah, seems okay. Yeah, and I kind of feel like they struck a pretty good middle ground here, uh, making to where the fleet carrier can fleet, clear, fleet carrier owner can have it, but the uh, visitors still need to be able to have services. I think that's a good middle ground. I really do. So seems like it. Um, tritium consumption per light year has been reduced by approximately half. Uh, this will directly make the fleet carrier movement two times more efficient in the beta. We want to keep monitoring the use of carriers and tritium during the second beta, but this is our initial step in finding that sweet spot. You know, um, I think it was in the live stream. Um, I think it was Tim that said, but didn't say, or was it (laughs) Steven? I can't remember now. It was one of those two that said but didn't say that you'll be able to transfer tritium without actually having to click the transfer button. Oh, yeah. I saw someone mention that in Discord. I wasn't watching that. Li- I wasn't able to watch that live stream. Um, and didn't, but didn't the person, and I'm forgetting who it is, I'm so sorry, who said that in our Discord, I think sort of immediately said, I just rewound and maybe he didn't say that quite like he thought maybe that Tim had had slightly misinterpreted the question yeah I kind of went and looked at it too and my gut initial reaction was uh, he misinterpreted the question but then I kind of was like well maybe he just kind of you know maybe that this is something they're looking at that they want to see how it's going to maybe they have maybe they have that for the phase two of the beta in their back pocket so to speak you know Hmm. um but still, um, these are all great things that they're making changes to. Um, uh, I'm yeah. very happy about this. Um, so this next part, I think, is really cool. So a lot of people listening yeah. right now don't necessarily have the $5 billion, or actually $7 billion. Well, they, they cost $5 billion, but they're really going to be equipped out. you got to have about seven, $7 billion credits to really be able to use your fleet carrier or to buy a fleet carrier. So... Towards the end of the beta, uh, you can join uh, FDEF for a beta blowout where fleet carriers will be available to anyone who has not yet had the opportunity to test them. Now, what they mean by anyone, they're still gonna they're gonna lower their cost from five billion to one billion. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. one million, one million, one million. One million. <laughs> yeah. And I'm trying to figure out if I can buy a hundred fleet carriers. That's what <laughs> I want to do. So <laughs> it is I just realized now I don't know the answer to this. Isn't it limited to one per commander? Yeah. Yeah, it actually is limited to one per commander. <laughs> okay. So. 
Yeah, but this is this is um, this is great, and for just further confirmation in case anyone was still wondering, like what the beta process is for and how it works. Like they are leaving this um, as a real world test for the first week. Um, because they want to see like what the numbers are. They want to measure server loads and stuff. They're trying to make it so that when this this update comes out, it doesn't kill a bunch of stuff. You know, this is what right. we're attempting to do. This is a difficult thing. Uh, it's not so simple as you might think it is. So, but then you know, the, on the other half, they're like, okay, we're satisfying that. Now we want to just flood the place because. Everybody who's playing the beta, we want them to have a chance to play with it, you know, sort of for our emotional sake. But, you know, the subtext there is if everyone can buy one, or very nearly everyone, uh, it it will be a much better, uh, you know, pen test. You know, mm-hmm. tr- find the bugs. Find the yeah. bugs. So that week two, that is, if if you have been testing out landing on other people's carriers because you didn't have the money, um, get on there for week two. That seems like almost the more important part of the beta to me, yeah. because you have the opportunity here to just help help them find some of the leaky parts in the code and, um, you know, really really nail it. And then by the time. They've withstood that for a little while, you know, maybe when this thing goes live and we don't have quite the same fleet carrier saturation numbers as they do when they have, when they only cost 1 million credits, uh, (laughs) then maybe it'll be quite solid. Yeah. That's, this is, this is what we all share our our shared hope. (laughs) So, so this is them lowering the cost like that. This is a a dead giveaway that this is this part of the beta. They want to be a stress test. They want as many people as they can get in there to buy a fleet carrier, to jump them around, to put as many in one system as they can, just just so they can yeah. kind of see where their limit is. Where how many how many how many fleet carriers can we support in one system or around one planet? Really, you know, and, and test yeah. that mechanic of when there's too many, what happens? What does the server right. do? Right. Um, let's let's test it. You know, let's really beat it down. Yeah. So that was. That was kind of the uh, news there. Um, so when I just realized going through here that I skipped over what I wanted to talk about distant screws because uh, oh, sure. last last week we closed out distant screws and mm-hmm. you weren't here to talk about it. So let me say this real quick, um, man. Um, what you created with this expedition is a very unique thing. And I know you don't think it's really neat because it's, it's just it's just a it's just a thing. <laughs> it's just an expedition. But it is, and I'll tell you why. You created something where people uh, who listen to this show, who participate in our community, who participate in our community, go out and went somewhere and then if you go to your uh, Twitch channel, uh, twitch.tv slash tracks. You can literally someone who's never done a well. Okay, uh, actually, it's, it's, it'd be the YouTube because Twitch oh, only YouTube. keeps things YouTube. for fourteen days. So that's the point of YouTube. Nobody was watching on YouTube when it was happening, but right. YouTube keeps a permanent archive. So it'd be yeah, yeah that yeah. that's where where it'd go. Yeah, it's a uh, if you just go to YouTube.com and do a search for uh, was it Jane Tracks Gaming? I think Jane Tracks Gaming. Yeah, I don't have yeah. a custom URL because I'm not famous. Yeah, well, I don't need, <laughs> I don't have one either. So, but anyway. <laughs> Um, but you can go there and you can actually listen or actually, if you've never done any exploration or if you just want to see 
You know, I, I, toward the end of the show, I actually have a perfect use case for this. And I'll tell you about it in a minute. Um, but you can actually go there and see every the whole process of exploration. You can see the whole thing. The, I can't remember how many hours it was, but it's <laughs> and, and you know you can skip around, watch certain parts if you want to. You can have it on while you're while you're doing something else. You can really kind of be immersed into the world of Elite Dangerous from an exploration point of view. And I don't know of another place that you can do that. And I think it's really super cool, man. And um, so many people have messaged me and uh, I know that they've talked to you. So many people have talked in chat about they've never done anything like this. And man, you got us, you got us out there. Like you, you got us to do it. And you know, number one, thank you for doing that. Even though I had to cut it short and come back because the player made uh, faction went live. (laughs) Yeah. But I did, I did complete the expedition. I got, I went to everything. So, um, you did it. That's not short. Yeah. It's complete. But I, <laughs> um, man, you, you, you did something really amazing here and you should be proud of that. And I thank you for that. Really? Well, uh, I, I am proud. And, um, I mean, thank you all for following me. It's, it's really humbling. It's, it's also, uh, I, I was kind of put into the, I, well, put into, that makes it sound like I was strong-armed into it. I, I was not. This was my idea in a sense, but it grew into a lot more than I was my, my initial idea. And I found myself in the position of being the de facto leader of this thing in the sense that I'm the one managing it on EDSM in the in the official sense. And that meant people asked me a lot of questions that I did not know. The You know, I was like, well... To answer your question, this is my first expedition, and I do not know the answer to your question. Uh, was what I said to people a lot, but <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was really neat. We did we did complete the the whole YouTube series does exist. Um, it is massively long. We had twelve episodes. They range from uh, about three hours on the short t- side, and then several of them went as long as five hours. Mm-hmm. Um. Marathons. Uh, sometimes I pushed for speed. Sometimes I took my time a little bit more and, and did a little bit more um, scanning for money. But for the most part, I, I made a, a pretty good pace. So I think it's a good example of if you're moving at a pretty good pace. It mm-hmm. could take you a lot longer. You could move a lot, lot faster if you really wanted to. But this is sort of the middle of the road, scanning valuable things version. And, and, but what really surprised me is just how everybody came along and and here so i i've got the page up and there were 40 uh, sorry 74 participants uh and so far 43 people have succeeded uh that's that's most everybody looks like we've got 86 and a half percent up into waypoint 38 and then the last um you know, the last six waypoints, uh, 70, almost 70 and a half percent of the participants have completed up to there. So there's only a few people left out there coming home. Um, 
It's been great. We have so many amazing screenshots and fun stories. Strange things happened when we were out there, like rescuing Dub's SRV from orbit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That YouTube video is, that was a sort of impromptu stream. It is not in the playlist for the Distant Screws, but it is on that same YouTube channel um, if you want to watch Dub's. You guys did talk about that last week too. I I was able to Mm -hmm. listen. I, you know, all the kind things you guys had to say last week and um, mentioning that too. There's the uh, memorial for Junior Commander Wiggler. Um, actually, I have a, a, a special message that Commander Jello Wiggler recorded for us all, for all okay. of us in the community. Um, so I will I will play that now. Hello, Loose Screws Universe. This is Commander Jello Wiggler reporting in. I just want to say congratulations to Trax and the Loose Screws leadership for an awesome expedition. Congratulations on the completion. Thank you very much to the commanders who came out to Evelyn's memorial service and who braved piracy and NPCs and hauled out uh, tributes to Junior Commander Evelyn. Thank you so much from my family to all of yours. Thank you. 07 Commanders. Thanks to Jello for sending that message. He, it, it was really an honor for myself and everyone I know to, to be a part of that. It it kind of touches all of us in our own way um, mm-hmm. to kind of to to be there. And you know, I, I that that's what a that's what a family is for in a sense. That's one one of these constructed families. You know, this is this is one of those families where we have a little bit of a say uh, in in choosing it. You know, some some of your family members you don't choose, and some of your family members you do choose. And I think there's a lot of importance to both of those personally. So, you know, I consider this to be one of the families where somewhat we are choosing, and and that has a really strong importance to me too. And uh, so that that's how I think of this community. And I know a lot of other people have expressed that to me and told me how much fun they had. We are definitely going to get something more going, um, other events, but but definitely some other kind of expedition. Um, I'm happy to have a break from mm-hmm. it and be able to just play the game and stuff. And we've all been having a lot of fun um, with the new faction and stuff, but um, the time will come and we'll get back out there. And I, I'm open to suggestions um, for some other, some way to make it different. Um, I would like, um, it's probably not the right thing to have like a restrictions on it, but I would like something about it that's that's different. I, I do want it to still be accessible to kind of all levels of play. And mm-hmm. so saying like this has to be a small ship expedition, that that's the sort of thing that means we kind of have to have unlocked all the engineering, you know, because the small ships will struggle to jump far enough. Um, yeah. So we'll, but we'll think of something and um, I'm open to suggestions um, if people have it and um, hopefully the next one will be um, will have its own very very fun things about it. You know, um, I don't know what else to say about it? <laughs> so a couple of the ideas that I wanted to kind of kick around at you real quick was uh, mm. a circum a circum a, yeah circumnavigation of the uh, galaxy it would Ooh. be kind of cool. Uh, I also <laughs> also thought it would be kind of cool. That is so if far, we, dude. <laughs> I know. I know. And all the stars out there suck. This is the thing. Like, see right there, that's, 
I don't know, man. Could we even could could the average player even do that? There's places out there where you just can't. You know. Yeah. That would be so, tricky to navigate. It's a challenge. So the, like the, the idea of running in my head was well, let's like like we know like like the Anaconda graveyard, you know, where yeah. you um I think it'd be kind of cool to take a fleet carrier that we all, <laughs> you know, work together to keep stocked full of tritium out there to the Anaconda graveyard. Now I know other people are going to beat us there. It's not a race. Yeah. I just want to, I just want to go there. I think it'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, there's a number, uh, there is a number of stars that are only reachable by the fleet carriers. Once they get in game, it would be cool to do something like that. You know, to it's like a mapping project, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then people could bring like pretty much whatever ship they wanted to bring, you know, uh, I'm thinking bring a miner, bring a rescue ship, bring a long range explorer, bring something that has guns and is fun, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just, just so we could do something different. I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, yeah. When not, um, or, or over a, a few months, <laughs> over um, a period of time. Yeah. It, it also kind of depends what happens in the new era. We might have something completely different. We're going to have to work on with the new era. So, yeah, 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 that's true. I mean, timeline wise, um, well, with new, you know, the other news, I can't remember if this had happened since the last episode, but that the new new era is now looking at being Q one next year. Yeah, um, due to due to you know virus related uh, delays. It, um, I don't know if that means we'll try to get the next expedition going first. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and we're going to have to, we're probably going to sit down and, and, and map out a few things. Um, cause there's a, there's a couple of, uh, things I'd like to do, uh, community related wise. Like I'd like to set up like a race night where we, where oh, we yeah. find a planet to go to. And like, I'd, I would love for everybody to bring your own ship, you know, dealer's choice of that. And then everybody bring a Viper, no, no engineering. And then, mm-hmm. and then we have a type nine, Stock race <laughs> through the same canyon on a high G world. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> but I mean, something well. like that would be kind of kind of fun. Um, yeah. And so there, yeah. there's a couple of things that we need to we need to sit down and, and uh, get some dates on. Um, but I think that'd be pretty fun. Definitely. Um, I like that stuff. <laughs> I love that kind of stuff, man. A lot of that uh, stuff can be had so cheap too that it, it this is a mass participation, you know. Yeah, yeah. I can dig it. <sighs> but man, you know, um, I, I really can't thank you enough for putting that together, especially the timing on it, because uh, you look at that that kind of happened right as that, uh, and this was just you know serendipitous that it happened that way. That it happened right as all the virus stuff was going on, so that was a. Mm-hmm a good way for a lot of people to, to be able to think, to kind of bring together. And a few people, I know you're still out there exploring. That's fine. However, there's a waypoint you need to add after you go back to LHS 317. Don't sell your data there. After you land at LHS 317, go about 90 more light years to Ross 310. And that, and go, go to Mori port because we need all of your datas. Um, so, uh, go it's over not to, hard. You've gone yeah, this far. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that is where the Loose Screws Network Faction is, and we own Mori Port now. Um, yeah. 
NL Hate is our faction commander, uh, faction leader. And uh, Diva Looter is our PS4 squadron leader. Um, the question was asked to me about, do we have a PC squadron leader? Well, I'm, I'm the head of the PC squadron leader side, but that, I mean, there's not really, um, I don't want to put it, like there's like, I'm not running the the faction. I'm just head of the squadron there. That's I'm not really doing anything. Like <laughs> yeah, the, the orders and, come he from. He and a hate. couple of right. He and a couple of the others of us are are approving the applications. Right. That's that's about all we're doing. So yeah, the, um, the person paying attention to what's going on with the faction BGS and and um, making sure we're all on the same track and we're all doing appropriate and think things that will benefit. Um, that's that's being headed up by. Needless hate. Do we say needless hate or NL? I think it is. Uh, it is needless. It's abbreviated in Discord, though. So it is. Yeah. yeah but he. Um, gosh, now I'm not sure if his commander actually is needless hate or just NL hate on the yeah, cause Xbox. Because he, he's Xbox, and we we personally don't don't play Xbox. So we haven't seen his commander name. But yeah, um, yeah. Good enough. Anyway, yeah. Just message him in the Discord, and uh, uh, if you are participating in the faction and you want to get in on all the stuff, holler at him, and he can get you set up. Mm-hmm. Um, he did want me to pass this along. Um, the current influence is above 62%. We're like at 62.5% or something like that. We have a soft goal to get to 75%, so we need data. Uh, we need uh, combat bonds. We Not combat bonds. We need uh, missions. Bounties. Missions, bounties, stuff like that. Yeah, if you're um, doing any bounty hunting, turn in at Mori Port. Like, there's a Hazres uh, within the system, actually two, and um, running missions for the faction. Uh, also, selling, uh, doing trading that that where you sell to Mori Port for a profit. Mm-hmm. It, all of these things are beneficial uh, to us in various ways. Um, we also got our security up to medium, so that should help out with pirate situations. Um, he also trading a little easier. Yep. Yep. He also said that the war in V740 Cassiopeia has finished and no new faction has spread there. Our plan remains to expand our influence within Ross 310 and between our missions, continue to do trade runs while maximizing, maximizing profits at Mori Port. And if you have any questions about any of that, please holler at NL Hate. Um, these orders change daily. So, yeah. Uh, if you want to be notified about that stuff, there is a channel for it. Um, but we also made a special Discord role. Um, we really just want you to ask us to be added to the role um, so that we can send um, pings to that role, essentially. So, LSN member, when you have that role, if somebody decides that there's a new order for the day or something, they can ping and it will, you know, alert within Discord instead of just appearing in the channel. It'll actually send you an alert. If you want those alerts, just ask one of us um, in the the Loose Cruise crew, and we can add that role to your Discord user. Yep, absolutely. And also, big kudos to uh, everybody who helped out to get us this uh, station and to get us the uh, to win us the war. That was uh, super fun to fight in, and I had fun. And uh, big kudos to Hate for uh, running this, and he's doing a great job so far. So appreciate. So that. proud. So, yep, yep, yep. So, um, so 
Last week on Story Time, I'm sorry, last week on Thai Spies, mm-hmm. I wanted to see your favorite picture from Distant Screws. So um, I'm not going to pick a winner this week because it's really freaking hard to. Um, there's a few that, that kind of stood out to me. Uh, Jolla Man has a really cool sunrise with like these other planets in the background with Eclipse uh, that I think is really cool. Uh, DJ Wiley has a landable world with geological activity, which, I mean, the way he photographed that was was interesting. Um, Crash, uh, he's got a ring planet rising that he wanted to specifically thank tracks. By the way, that's another kudos to you, buddy. <laughs> uh, Evil Genius found a campfire and some rings. Ragnar Star... <laughs> <laughs> Ragnar... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sure you did, buddy. <laughs> He did. It looks like a little campfire and some in, rings. It's really in, cool. Which game was he playing? Okay, no, I I, I understand. I'm horsing around. It's a, it's, it's elite. It's, it's elite Animal Crossing dangerous. <laughs> okay, sorry to interrupt. No, you're fine. Uh, Ragnar Star Star Custer. Um, he posted a picture from the view, which I don't think we actually went to the view, but I might be wrong. And he's got a picture of some rings in there uh, as well, which look really cool. Oh, I think I think we did go. Did I we think there the was view? a waypoint called the View. It was. Oh yeah, we did. Okay, my bad, my bad. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hugh Borbaki uh, took a picture, I believe, with uh, Kai out at Sag A and the craziness we were doing before we went to um, uh, at Explorers Anchorage. Yeah, it was actually at Explorers Anchorage, but it was right next to Sagay. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. I couldn't think of the damn name of the station. Uh, Grover Kiwi, um, he's landing on the world with pumpkins. He's kind of like hovering, hovering right over it. Teflon Twelve, uh, he was one of the people who went out to Beagle Point, and then on to um, uh, what's the woman's name? I'm brain farting here. Oh, uh, Sal- Salome's uh, Reach. Yeah, Salome's Reach. Thank you. Woo. Um, Smokey Samsung uh, found a nebula. Now, probably uh, the one I'd, I'd kind of save for last is Roy Cookson, because on this trip, he found his very first undiscovered black hole. And he Ooh. commented by saying, this was the most fulfilling thing I've done in this game. And... I would just want you to understand, Trax, you made that possible by doing this. So, uh, well, I, just, I, I appreciate to, that. I claim no responsibility, but I thank you. And yeah, it, it's, um, it's, that's a thing. You, you added a black hole to this game. It's yeah. technically what happened, <laughs> you know, that's awesome. So, yeah. I, I thought it was super <laughs> cool, man. Um, so this week we're going to end Thai spies and um, until we go on another expedition and we're going to go back to story time with old man Thai. Um, for those that don't know, because we picked up some listeners along the way, story time is where I give a little clue to go find something that's in the bubble that has a lore that is lore related. Uh, and then I'll explain the whole lore thing behind it, tell you a little story about it the following week and uh, give you a clue to a new place. So this week, the clue is something is to be found in Ross 859. And uh, if you are not back in the bubble and you are still out on the expedition, 
that's okay. Still send me send me some more of your screenshots that you love from this expedition. I want to see some more uh, because. Uh, Man, like the comment from Roy, the campfire from Evil Genius. Um, I could go on here, but all the all the screenshots are. I have like a whole folder that I've been saving on my desktop here, mm. and it just my background just rotates through them every now and then. Oh, and, that's awesome! Um, a lot of times I'll exit out of games like, oh, I didn't know we took that screenshot. So, <laughs> um, it's it's really cool. So, yeah, I, I wish uh, my my screenshots are kind of rubbish. Because uh, it's of playing in VR, screenshots kind of come out badly. They're they are low res because they are taking a screenshot of the like monitor window, mm-hmm. which is a small little thing that's not even it's not even on my screen while I'm playing. I have mm-hmm. other stuff on my screen. Um, but a f- couple of times when I've had, I've been able to add good screenshots because somebody multi crewed in with me and shot them for me on a on a flat, on a pancake version of the game. But, um, so I participated a little bit. I did share some of my crappy ones too. So they're, they're in there muddying up all your beautiful, uh, (laughs) screenshot stacks. So, well, let me ask you something. Do you know that there is a high resolution, uh, screenshot button? Yeah, but it only works in solo. Yeah, I know. Which sucks. Um, and I'm not sure if it works in VR at all because I pretty much never turn on solo. Hmm. Um, so I, I know that it does nothing whenever I'm playing. Alt F10, if anyone's wondering. It does, like, it forces, like, a super high res. It basically, like, throws the game offline for a couple of seconds um, and lets your computer calculate as if you had all the graphics options maxed. Yep. Even if you don't. So it's really cool if you have, like, a, a machine that's not up to running all the graphics matched, uh, maxed, I should say. Uh, you can use the Alt F10 if you're in solo, probably because it causes like some kind of massive lag, and it would be a way to like cheat or something like that. That's why it probably only works in solo. Hmm. Um, but it will, yeah, it'll render like a a massively <laughs> oversampled screenshot for you, which is cool. And it's actually one of the things that they, they, if I remember, the last uh, update, like patch update we had, had a little fix for that where. Something was something weird was happening with a certain texture oversampling. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it exists. That's what it's for. Yeah. So um, and that's so that's going to kind of go through uh, task bias slash story time. Did you did you want to give them a planet clue or did you write that in here just for my benefit? That's fine if you did. I will keep your secret. I, I've I've actually uh, debated about that. Um, <laughs> Well, I'll tell Here's you what, what if nobody finds it for a yeah. while, let's see. Uh, maybe Ty will come out and post in Discord a, a clue, a further clue. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, someone commented to me that I was being too obvious with some of them, so mm-hmm. you know, I got to be a sure. little, 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 what? little that's, sketchy. So. That's why I didn't blurt it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm so th- this kind of brings us to our discussion point here, um, yeah. because. So I'm gonna tell you a story. So um, there's this there's this uh, new technician that we took on a few months ago, and um, I recently discovered because we, we've been doing all these Zoom like she's been working from home, and uh, we've been doing all these Zoom casts, and 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 she's doing one from her computer, and then she's sitting in a DX racer chair. So I messaged her and said, "Hey, what games do you play?" Because I don't really play a lot of games. I said, "Bullcrap." Nobody buys a DX racer chair because 
they're going to sit there for 20 minutes while they work at home. No, you're playing games. You go, okay, okay, well, I play Planet Zoo. Oh, really? Well, are you aware the same company makes Elite Dangerous? Are you aware that David Braben is a lizard? (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) She was not aware of that. But anyway. um, So so we went through, you know, we started talking talking to her about Elite Dangerous, and she she watched a couple of videos of it, and she was like, "Yeah, you know, it's not really my thing. It's too much combat. I really just, you know, not, I'm not really into combat stuff." And I was like, "Well, you know, there's like a whole side of exploration to it." And that's where I turned her on to your uh, YouTube channel about. Mm-hmm. And she she spent some I don't know, several hours watching some of the videos. She was like, "Oh my god, this looks so cool," and she was very interested in it. But we came to this part where she asked this question. She, she she's like, "So like, is the whole." universe to scale i said well it's actually the galaxy but yeah the whole galaxy is to scale she's like well how far how how long does it take to travel so i started explaining travel to her and how mm-hmm. it works and she's like oh, i don't think i'm i don't think that she, she said well, what happens if you go out and you want to go back and just just do something while you're while you're inside of because i already taught her the bubble term she said well, what if you're out exploring you want to go back just for a night and do some exploring or do do something in the bubble and then go back and i was like oh, you can't really do that because I mean, you can, but it's a it's a long trip. I did it in like six hours when we were exploring, but that's a different story. Because I had to get uh, pacifiers. But anyway, um, uh, <laughs> got to have my pacifiers. Got to have my pacifiers. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she's probably not going to play now because there's not really a fast travel thing. So they got me thinking. Yeah. Does this game need a fa- need a fast travel? And my initial reaction was, but no, it does not. But the more I kind of thought about it, mm, and, and now we're going to take you know the 500 light year jumper thing with fleet carriers kind of out of the equation here because that will you know that will eliminate some of this you know. But, but that's complicated enough. It's that's not a fast travel. That is an extraordinary means. Right, right. Right. It is something that you either have to have a massive amount of funds for or friends in the right places who are willing to move something exactly where you want to go or close to it, you know? So I, I come up with three different ideas that would be kind of cool. Um, and I, I want to know your opinion about them. We'll go through them real quick. Well, sure. first of all, first of all, do you think Elite Dangerous should have a fast travel? Feck no. <laughs> um, I, I, absolutely not. Um, sorry for my language. But, but um, to, to me, uh, most of the appeal of this game is the lengths that they've gone to to make it simulation-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I appreciate that there are aspects of it that are specifically not totally sim for the sake of it being a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that fast travel is one of the compromises that they would need to make. I think they did hit this hit this in, in the right way. And as much as we would love to have some ability to go right to a certain spot, you know, um, instantly. I I like that there's no in-lore way to do that. And I I mean, I could could make a very strong argument that we already have ridiculous fast travel that makes no sense for actual physics, you know? When, When we're in super cruise and we're going thousands of times the speed of light, but we can still see our surroundings. What are we seeing? (laughs) 
I ask you. So, but so anyway, th- these are these are my my personal musings. But no, the answer is I think we're right on track as far as fast travel goes in this game. So let's play let's play tinfoil hat for just a minute. So th- I, I came up with three ideas, and she actually suggested one of these. And um, uh, so I, I wanted to know your opinion about now. I'm kind of of the mindset. I really like the scale of the game and the fact that it's a sim. And honestly, I think I'd be okay with they shrunk down the jump range on ships a little bit. Uh, <laughs> I know that would be throw everybody into a uh, tizzy, but I'd be okay with, I was happy with my little 22 light year jump range vet until they, hey, here's a module that gives you 10 more. I'm like, yeah, I want that. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, but you can't um, walk backwards. You know, that's the right, thing. Right, right, yeah. right. So the theory was, so my, this is the one she came up with was what about a wormhole generator that you could use on some sort of cooldown, like once a week or something to where it would get you somewhere instantaneously, but you could only go to systems that you've visited before. So the theory being, so I'm out in Colonia and I want to make a trip back to the bubble for whatever reason, I make a trip back to the bubble and then the following, and then that my wormhole generator is now on cooldown. And I can't use it again until, no matter what ship I'm in or anything, for a week. And then I can jump back. Now, I know mm-hmm. I know you could, you know, take advantage of it and move ships around or stuff like that. I know you could do that. In fleet carriers, you could kind of do this anyway with their, with their big ability to move things around. But it would be kind of cool, like, if you were, like, think about if we were out on the exploration. It'd be cool. It'd be like, come back, turn in some data, go back out kind of thing. I mean, you would pick up right where you left off, or if you just wanted to, like, if you were out, you're like, man, I really kind of get tired of this. I would, I really would like to do some, some combat. You came back in, did some, did some hazres for a week, and then went back out. You know, it, it'd be, yeah. it would give you some more flexibility. And I think, from a, you know, from from a scientific point of view, there's a strong possibility wormholes exist. I say strong, but there is a possibility that worm. I want to say strong possibility. That's not the right way to say it. There's a possibility <laughs> that wormholes exist. So uh, maybe that would be something that we could, you know, put in the future. Thoughts? Uh, okay, I I would put that in the category of extraordinary means, like yep. a fleet carrier. So. Yep. There's a there's a way I would be okay with that being added to the game. I think as described, it's too easy. Mm-hmm. I think it would need to be something that is. Well, I don't know. I guess you didn't describe how how do you get this generator, right? Like, I guess like in lore, I would like to see it be a piece of equipment that had to be constructed and then it had to stay in just in that location. Or you know, there's ways of making it super difficult, like a fleet carrier. It could have a massive cost, or it could have an energy consumption that was ludicrous and needed just a ton of resources to to operate. Some something like that. Yeah, um, something. Something it's it's being in lore and having enough restriction and um, you know difficulty of, of resource use and stuff like that 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 makes it that would make it okay. Sure. Yep. yep. So the one I kind of come up with and one I've I've actually had the idea of for a while and I would actually like to see this put in somehow would be an autopilot system where you hire a crew member. Well, hang on, let me go back. Let me go back. Hmm. Sorry, I'm jumping ahead here. So uh, in my mind, the module 
on the say the this wormhole gener- generator would be a module on your ship. Oh. And it would be extremely heavy, so it would already lower your existing jump range. It would require uh, a special type of material that could only be farmed. So it wouldn't be something that you could just go buy. And it would have like a one-week cooldown. And you could, I don't know, make it to where it's like some sort of black market thing. You could only own one, you know? So, so it's, like a, it it's like a thing you can install in your ship that's a super jump, but you can only do it once per week, and it requires a lot of farming to use. Right. Or something. And then, here, so here's the thing. When you attach it to your ship, it takes up two or three module slots. Say it takes up like a like a minimum size would be like a class four slot, but it takes yeah. up two of those or three of those. Therefore, it eats it eats up some of your flexibility of your ship. You know. Yeah, yeah. So, but but then, so what do you what are you doing with the ship when you get to the other side? It kind of means you have to land somewhere where you can refit the ship on the other side, right? Well, okay. So the way, like in talking with her, the. The way that we kind of hatched this out was like, well, you would put your fleet carrier at, you know, Beagle Point, so to speak. And then you would use this wormhole generator to get back to the bubble, do whatever you want it to, and then use it to get back to your fleet carrier, swap out your modules, and then, Mm. you know, do your exploring from there. Oh, well, now I want to do this. The module that this ship is in is kind of a pack mule or something. It's kind of, this, this is what that ship is. Yeah. Well, in that case, why isn't it itself a ship? Why is it a module? Why isn't it just your super jump ship? That's not a bad idea either. You know? Just make it to where it's a, it's a wormhole generator ship. It's a one-of-a-kind ship kind of thing. That's not a bad idea. In fact, why don't you just make it really big and call it a fleet carrier and charge oh, $5 billion for it? <laughs> oh, no. That tracks. Get out of here. <sighs> yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Go on to the next thing. I like your next thing better. Go on to the next one. All right. So an autopilot system where you hire a crew member that just that, you know, you set a course and then all they can do is jump and fuel over and over again to get you somewhere while you're logged out. Yeah. So the idea being that this would be basically invisible, but it would be like a paying of it'd be like when you transport a ship to yourself. When you're Mm -hmm. at a station, you call a ship to yourself. Why can't we program ourselves to go to a place we have been to before Mm -hmm. while we're, well, but it'll take a certain number of hours. So the trouble would be, wait, I can fix it. I can fix it. The trouble would be (laughs) if you went somewhere that was going to take, you know, 56 hours and then you logged back in at hour 40 you would have to just, your ship would have to appear at whatever the nearest system was to like the percentage of the journey, right? Because in, in server, in the server is not actually jumping your ship, you know, star right. to star to star. It's just calculating how long it'll take, right? Because right. that would be silly to do it any other way. Um, but why can't we do that? Our ships can autopilot, or I guess in lore, they are being brought on mega ships or something, aren't they? When we, mm-hmm. yeah, so our ship is just being brought somewhere. So if we, yeah, we could have a system like this where you're basically saying, I I don't think it even has to be a crew member. It could just be like, I'm programming my commander to Mm -hmm. simply do this while I, as long as you have a fuel scoop, then 
why shouldn't it, your ship be able to do it, right? As long as you have a fuel scoop and there is a scoopable path to where you're trying yeah. to get to, then yeah. Um, it seems like if you plot the route in Galaxy Map and it is scoopable without you running out of fuel, is where your ship is self-sufficient, then yeah. And you turn up on the other end with a certain amount of module damage or something. Um, and if you interrupt it, by logging in, you would just be in whatever system was sort of proportionally the right percentage of the distance away. Mm-hmm. Um, this this seems fine to me, and I, you know, for me, I don't even, I don't even need that to have like a wild cost attached to it, because it seems so, like your commander could just do it in the background, right? Right. So, the reason why I chose a crew member was because more expensive crew members like the ones who are uh like have a higher rank yeah are gonna are going to incur less module damage to your ship as you fly okay sure um and then you could also so let's so, you know now you're not gonna be able to do you don't, you don't get any sort of exploration credit as yeah. you go like right. no you first discover anything. no nothing you can just right. move yeah right um because again, you're not technically visiting the system. You're just the server's just teleporting you from point A to point B. Yeah, and maybe maybe like less experienced pilots, maybe they have a failure and take you off course every now and then. Like they'll put you, you know, a hundred light years <laughs> off. Like, oh darn, I messed up. Uh, Sorry, boss. <laughs> okay, so the thing I like most about this idea is it fits in the lore. Um, it doesn't take away anything from the game because you can only go sort of as fast as dragging a ship to yourself, or, mm-hmm. which already exists in the game. Like, so we sort of established you can only move that fast. So you're not cheating. Um, it's not taking away anything from the game because this is just happening at a time when you're not playing. Right. Um, so I don't think it should have like an extraordinary cost attached to it or anything. And it adds fun to the game without subtracting anything. I think that's fun. Now, um, the risk that my pilot would throw me off course and I end up at the wrong place. I do not love that. <laughs> um, I kind of don't think it doesn't, I don't think it needs that risk. I kind of think yeah. this hasn't got a gameplay negative. Right, I yeah. think it could just be essentially free, close to free, you know. Um, because yeah. what's the downside to making it basically free, as long as you have a fuel scoop and a scoopable path? You know, I, can you think I of any? The only one I could really get my brain around was um, so I think about like 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 circumnavigating the galaxy and how uh, like if we were going to plan a trip that did that. We would have to have a ship. We have to have a, a group of ships that could jump pretty far, because the star density is far less. And mm. I mean, unless we did like this thing where we like went out, dipped back in, come went back out, in back on in. each arm, and yeah. right. But or I mean, so we have to you know a lot of ships to do that. Or we have to be very careful with how we plan our jumps. And um, I think that having a system like this you could exploit that a little bit to where, well, you know, I'm out here and I don't really want to take the time to figure it out. So I'm just going to do this and go to bed. So you're taking away some of the, for lack of a better term, the chess match with yourself to figure out how to get through yeah. the long and the long range jumps. You got to figure out. Uh, and it's I, not, go ahead. Well, I think we've already in our already 
in our discussion, we've sort of deleted those possibilities because, and I don't know if this is exactly what you're thinking, like I was imagining this can't happen unless you've been to the system already and it has a station in it. Uh, or I guess it doesn't have to have a station in it. But, but if you've just been there before, yeah. Maybe you have to have been there before. Well, what, what's the lore reason for that though? And when I say it, I don't love that. Um, but it has to have a scoopable path, meaning the, the in-game, like the galaxy map route plotter has to be able to plot it. And if it can't, and if you're going to run out of fuel, it would show you a warning. Like, if you try to do this, you're going to run out of fuel at this system. And if you go ahead with it anyway, it would be like, okay, here you are. You have no fuel. Next time you log in, you're at this system and you have no fuel. Good luck. Because um, that's that's a point, that's a place where the person can be a do a bad job at the game. Like, the game even warns you. Um, mm. So, So, yeah, maybe you don't need to have been there before. Because what's the lore reason for that? So maybe that would, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe that would have to be like a gameplay reason. For gameplay reasons, you have to have been to the system before. Maybe, and it's really just a way of backtracking. Yeah. Maybe maybe like the lore reason is something as simple as uh, like your egotistical uh, commander doesn't want to share uh, uh uh, first discovery rights with a crew member. Of course, if you're not, <laughs> of course, if you go with your theory of not using a crew member, then yeah. you know, yeah. Well, maybe it's an auto. Maybe it's like an auto jumper module that isn't heavy or onerous or anything. It's just like a size one, like the uh, Super Cruise Assist. Mm-hmm. It's an auto jumper assist, um, but it can only go to systems you've been to before because it has to literally know what stars are in between. It can't be discovering them along the way because what if it ran out of fuel? And it's just uh, for your own safety. It's just not going to do it. Uh, okay. Yeah. I. Yeah. That you makes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah, makes I at like least that. as much sense as the way our stupid super cruise assist works, right? Yeah. <laughs> Blue I zone like or nothing, own. idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Sucker. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'll come back to the blue zone. Thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> we don't have to. I don't. Yeah, we don't have to because I'm working on on a rant if I if yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So. Um, so what about the last idea was what about so we we can already telepre we can already telepresence we telepresence into fighters yep and the whole lore behind CQC is that we are at a station telepresencing into these fighters wherever the hell they're at which by some of them they're like seventeen thousand light years away yeah so and multi crew is all telepresence and works right. across the entire galaxy right so the idea would be. What if you could telepresence? What if you had a telepresence module that would let you fly ships across the void of space? Yeah, so you'd pay to rent a ship, right? Mm-hmm. So they would have to be okay. So it would have to be pre-constructed ships that are available to rent. Like it would be some company in the game, right? Is going to set up. They're going to outfit a ship, and you'll buy from selected outfits, right? And mm-hmm. Uh, pick one of them. It costs this much per, I don't know, per whatever interval you want. Right. And yeah, you can telepresence to it. So I guess if you're paying X to rent the ship, you'd have some kind of, you'd have to have some kind of super insurance, right? Like if you crashed the ship in, in lore, the company would have to be able to like recoup their expense from you uh, or something, or, you know, and then. Um, if you're paying for that, then I think you should be able to keep your exploration data. Um, 
maybe even keep bounties and stuff like that if you do the work, or maybe you share the bounties with the rental company. So it's sort of like an interstellar factor. It's like a minus 25% or something. Mm-hmm. It could be fun. Absolutely. Like, um, yeah. So, so what if you end up paying roughly 35% or something to, you know, I'm exploring, I'm out in the other side of the galaxy, but I'm going to telepresence back over the bubble, do some, do some combat conflict zones or whatever. So I'm going to rent, you know, I mean, I'm imagining they're going to have weird stuff for this, right? Cause what it'd be like one of those ships you find in a conflict zone that's NPCs where it's like a, a, um, asp explorer that's outfitted for combat or something <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh yeah let's let's rent this for a couple of million or something and <laughs> and fly it in a cz and then and then pay them you know a certain percentage of what i make while i'm out there as long as i don't destroy the ship <laughs> I, I yeah that's kinda, that's fun i like that in, i think it'd be kind of cool from the aspect of you know we just got off this this two-month exploration trip and I can't tell you how many times I hopped into CQC just because I was I was tired of jumping, yeah. jumping, 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 you know? And yep. I think it would change up the I don't want to say monotony, but it would change up the 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 repetition of jump, honk, scan, jump, honk, scan, you know? And uh right. and I don't know. I I I think that um Maybe fast traveling is not the right word, but I think that giving us some sort of flexibility there would be kind of interesting. And the telepresence thing already exists in game. The the autopilot system or having a crew member or whatever kind of already exists in game. Yeah. Um, and, and you can that, do the telepresence thing in a sense because there is the like looking for crew uh, stuff in the comms panel. So you can mm-hmm. just like multi-crew in with a random stranger who's open to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the trouble is the the vast limitations of multi-crew as implemented, which I'm still I'm still really optimistic about a lot of that getting fixed in, in the new era. Um, but but you can't you can't be the pilot of the ship, you know, so it doesn't yeah. really realize this idea, but I, I honestly don't see why. I guess it might be complex. I think right now it's coding reasons, but yeah, I agree with you. I, I think there's some know. sort of limitation. Yeah, um, I think that when we talked to to Watherspoon, I think he said it best: is like everything has a everything has a parent. Like every object in the game kind of has a parent, and when you remove the parent, it uh, messes the coding up, and that's why Could, uh, yeah, the whole. Uh, yeah. Multi crew doesn't work with uh, uh multi crew SRVs, wings, yeah, all these incompatibilities yeah. and the and and just you know, general general bugginess. No, nothing in this game is as buggy as when you start messing with multi crew. Yeah. Yeah. Now that being said, they actually have done some some patches recently that have fixed a lot of stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah. Um, hope hoping for hope more for progress more. on that front as we go. Yep, I totally agree. I think that's going to wrap it up, though. Unless you have anything else, man. Well, let's just let's just shout out some new Discord users and. Holy crap! I <laughs> it's Thank all, you. I it's all good. That. Um, it doesn't matter what order we do these things. I actually let's do let's do it at the end because you know what? Thank you for listening this far into the show as we ramble mm-hmm. on and on and on. Um, so we're going to circle back to last week because I think I have the correct date when we should pick this up. So welcome to Cogulus. 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Gav Cook, Perens Cogulus, PS4. Now I'm really confused. So now I think I just welcomed Gav Cook on a different platform. Uh, <laughs> is that what happened? Uh, anyway, Gav uh, Cook, hey, bud. Welcome. Uh, <laughs> uh, single Malt Scotty, good name. Hardly Dan, also good name. Mark Winston, IEC. Uh, Mac Winston, EIC. Me, me, did I say Mark? Sorry, my dad's name <laughs> yeah. is Mark. This vague dyslexia is happening to me just then. Mac Winston, I'm so sorry. That is super stupid of me. Uh, Anthony Mills, uh, Richard Hiller. Yeah. Mal. Hillier? Hillier, you're right. See, I can't read. Malik I? Oh, I get it. Malik I. Yeah. Uh, Last Phoenix, spelled with lots of weird characters. Last Phoenix 81. Tortordin. Ark Stanton 73. Sorry, were you interjecting? Yeah, so Tortordin did something really cool. He actually put out PCVR on his tag, and I think that's super cool he did that. Oh, yeah. Should I be doing that too? I don't know. I have PC on yeah. mine. I, but yeah, maybe we should. Well, I don't know. See, so so for me, the the PC thing was because that's when we can add each other as friends in game. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas VR doesn't necessarily have anything to do with it. I appreciate a fellow VR er. Hoorah! Hoorah! So yep. so yeah. Um, uh, F James E F James F James. I think that's that's fun. Anyway, um, Falconfly, we've got Ragnar Starquester, then Ragnar 13, um, another overlap or just a coincidence? I'm not sure. Uh, Pythias, Srafa Orsap, Oras- Orasp, Srafa Orasp. Whew, got it. Got it in two. Uh, we have... ISCC Polar Bowl 655 665. Shoot. See, almost had that one too. Uh, Tech 1979 F4P-TP. Good one. Good one. And then uh, just today, Commander Samite Fan. Samite Fan? Samite Fan 1. You say Samite Fan? Samite Fan? I would say Samite fan. Samite fan one, yeah. We were chatting with him uh, actually a little bit earlier this afternoon. Um, welcome. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Thanks for being a part of our Discord community. We hope to see you out there. You know, prepare to get uh, a little loose and very screwy. Yep, yep. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot your Discord. I feel like an idiot now. Nah, cool. But thank you. That's why I keep you around because you cover my sick. So thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, but I think that is going to do it for the show. Um, yeah. 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 Um, sorry, I was going through my mental checklist. Um, no worries. You want to get a hold of the get a hold of us? Uh, best way to do it is on the Discord, which you can get through tiny URL. What is it? Tinyurl.com slash loosescrewsed. Uh, the other way to get to it is go to loosescrewsed.com and go to the contact page, and there's links to everything there. The other thing that I want to do today is that normally I say goodbye and I start the show, but this week, Track started the show, so we're going to let him say goodbye. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I, I, 
<laughs> you didn't have time to prep for this one, so take us out. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. My my catch my catchphrase then is going to be. Uh, <laughs> keep it loose and screwy out there, commanders. <laughs> Not guys. <laughs>